God exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. And that name is Jesus. Now you remember from, from the birth when, when the angel Gabriel showed up and, and spoke to Joseph and Mary, he told them, you will call him Jesus or Yahshua, uh, you know, I mean in the, in the original language, but, but we translate that in English, Jesus. So, and, and the scripture tells us that he was the lamb slain before the world was created. So God knew that Jesus would be the one to fulfill that role. And so God gave him the name that is above every name. I mean, that, that is, to me, that is such a big point. As a matter of fact, let's go on and read what, what carries that name or what, what is it about the name of Jesus? What else, if it's a name above every name, what else does that name entail? Look at verse number 10. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on the earth and those under the earth. So in all three worlds or, or dimensions, however you want to say that, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And, and when he says under the earth, we understand that to mean even in hell, the depths. The Bible tells us that hell was created under the earth. So, so you see here, so God gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, whether it's in heaven, whether it's on the earth, or whether it's even in the regions in the depths of hell, every knee will bow at that name. There is not one person, one thing, one uh, sickness, one disease, one demon. There's not one angel. There's nothing or no one that will not bow their knee at the name of Jesus. That is how powerful that name is. Now let's, read, let's keep reading. That every tongue, verse 11, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So when Jesus did what he did, when he came to the earth, lived, died, rose again, the Bible says God exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, whether it's in heaven, on earth, under the earth. And that every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And when they do that, it will bring glory to the Father. So that is what Jesus has been given, that name. The Bible also tells us, and we'll probably look at this next week, but just, just so you'll know this, the Bible also tells us Jesus inherited that name. You know, that he inherited that name. And we'll look at the, at, at the next time we'll look. I'm, I won't get to that today, but, but just so you'll know, there's, you know, he got that God gave him. He was gifted that name. He was given that name because he was the one, he was the one that would fulfill being the Savior of the world. And he also inherited the name. God, through, through what he did, he inherited that name. And, that, and we'll see the importance of that there. But now, so I want to ask this question. So what good does that do us? If, if that is true, if, if it's all about the name and the name is so powerful, then what good does that do us? 
Let's look at a couple scriptures. Let's look in John chapter 14. I'm going to look at two main scriptures this morning, and then we'll, we'll look at some more in the, in the coming weeks. John chapter 14. Um, one of the things that I want to do in, in the series on prayer that I want to do is this. Um, I am a firm believer that, that sometimes we pray about things that we should just be speaking to. You know, one prayer that I guarantee you that God will never answer for you is a prayer asking Him to do something that He's already done. In other words, if He's already done it and it's already been provided to you, He's not coming back to the earth to do it again for you because He's already done it. Now, we go through that little scenario and... I mean, and it's kind of funny, but but I mean, but it is most uh, many most a lot a lot of times our prayer life is like this. You know, we read a scripture, and we we see that God tells us, you know, uh, I'll just use healing for an example. We we pray the prayer, you know, God, you know, God, will you please heal me? Well, the scriptures tells us that that Jesus on the cross took. Because of the stripes he took, the bruising he took on the cross, the beatings he took on the cross, that by his stripes we are healed. We're already healed. If this represents healing, and and I'm and and you know and, and here I am, and we'll just say Stacy represents the Father. You know, he he has already he has already said you are healed. So so this is already part of my possession. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. I have healing. Now, how silly would it be for me to keep asking God, God, please heal me. God, please heal me, God. God, please do something. God, please heal me. How is he going to answer that prayer if he has already provided healing for us? He can't. Why? Because he's already done it. What's he going to do? Come die on the cross again because he forgot to include what you're believing God for? So see, sometimes instead of praying and begging God to do things, sometimes we just need to, we need to speak to certain things, saying, Father, I know you've already healed me, so thank you for my healing. I receive my healing right now in Jesus' name. See, there's, that's a difference in between, there's a difference in asking God and thanking God for something He's already done versus begging God to do it again. Now, uh, I'll explain that in detail as we get into, the, into this. But I want to show you, I want to show you the contrast between, between speaking something out versus praying something out. And it's, very, it's listed very, very clearly in the Word. This is one example in John chapter 14. Um, now, remember, we, we have to put ourselves in, in the, the, the mindset of when the Bible was written. Jesus had walked with his disciples for three, for, at this time here in John 14, uh, probably for uh, almost three and a half years. This was near the end of his life. And so he had walked with his disciples for three and a half years. He had taught them. He had, he had you know, showed them. 
As a matter of fact, one time, and, and, and I don't want to get hung up on this, but one time Jesus asked them, Jesus or his disciples asked him, you know, teach us to pray. And Jesus gave them a model prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer, but really it's not even the Lord's Prayer because, because, uh, because it asks for forgiveness of sin, and Jesus never sinned. So, you know, he didn't have to pray that prayer. It's really more like the disciples' prayer. But, but, but that, that really is an Old Testament prayer, an Old Covenant prayer. Jesus hadn't died yet when he gave them that prayer. See, so much of the time when Jesus was talking, he was still talking Old Covenant principles. And when he died, you know, the, then, then the apostles in, from, the, from Acts on, they started interpreting what Jesus said in the New Covenant. So you have to, you have to be, you know, when you, when you read the words of Jesus, you have to determine, is he talking about, who, who is he talking to? Because that will determine whether, whether he was referring to the Old Covenant or whether he's referring to the New Covenant. Because they're totally different, Right? We're under the new covenant, thank God. The Bible says we, we have a better covenant built on better promises than the old covenant. So thank God for that. And we'll, we'll examine all that when we, you know, when we go through this series on prayer. But so, so here his disciples have been with him all this time, and, and he, he's, he's preparing them now for his death and his departure. And he starts talking to them about the Holy Spirit. He starts talking to them about, about him leaving he starts talking to them about him going to his father. And, and you know, and, and he has this conversation with them here. And in uh, John 14, verse 11, <coughs> excuse me, John 14, verse 11, Jesus said this. He said, believe me that I am in the father and the father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. So he was, he was sharing with them about just simply the fact that he says, you know, he says, you've got to understand that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me. But if you, if you can't grasp that, just believe me because of the works you see me do. One time John the Baptist's disciples, uh, the followers, came and John asked the question, are you the Messiah or, or should we look for another one? And how did Jesus answer that? Anybody remember how Jesus answered that? He turned around and he started healing the sick. He raised the dead. He, he, he cured the leper. He, he did all this stuff. Then he turned around and looked at John's disciples and said, Now go tell John all that you saw and heard today. In other words, you know, Jesus proved who he was because of the works he did. So Jesus said, Believe, believe me when I say I'm in the Father and the Father's in me. Or if you can't believe that, then believe me at least for, for the works that you see me doing. You know, and so, so then verse 12, he says this. Now, now check this out. Verse 12, he tells them this. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these shall, shall, or will he do because I go to the Father. Now a lot of times we read that scripture and we, you know, we pull it out of the context here and we just simply say, you know, greater works, you know, Jesus said I can do greater works than he did. And, of course, we always say, well, how are we going to do that? Well, the good thing is, if you read it in context, he tells us how we're going to do it. The next two verses tell us how and why we're going to do greater works than Jesus did when he was here. Now, look, look at what he said. Verse 13, And whatever you ask in my name, 
that I will do. So Jesus said, now check this out. Jesus said, you know, he said, listen, believe, believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me, or at least believe me for my work's sake. And then he said, he said, he said and here's why that's important to believe me. He said, because the works you see me do, you're going to do greater works than that. And the reason you're going to do greater works than that is because I'm going to my Father and I'm going to give you something. I'm going to empower you with something that is far greater than anything you've ever had. And what is that? Jesus said, here's why you're going to do greater works. Whatever you ask me, I will do it. So Jesus is going to the Father. He was one man walking the earth and he could only do so much. But then he turns around and says, if you will believe in me, how many believe, how many believe in Jesus this morning? If you will believe in me, all you have to do is ask me and I will do it. So now, see, instead of Jesus just being one person, now we have 75 people in here that can ask Jesus to do something and he'll do it. He just got multiplied 75 times. So he's no longer just one person doing it. He's now, and listen, and we're one congregation in the world. We're just a small group of believers, but every believer can ask Jesus to do something and and he will do it. Now, he, he tells us the rest of it. Now, listen to what he says. Verse 13, whatever you ask in my name, So see, whatever you ask in the name of Jesus, he says, I will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Now, it's interesting because that word ask is the Greek word... uh, Oh, man, I didn't write it down, and I forgot what it was. I just looked at it again this morning. Uh, I'm not good with Greek words anyway, so y'all can look it up if you want to. But anyway, the word means this. (laughs) I'll give you the meaning of the word. The word could mean this. It could actually mean to demand or to to demand or or to, uh, to have a right to something. Now, we don't demand God to do something. What that means is this, is that we can demand our rights because we have the right to use His name. So in the name of Jesus, I demand that the promises come to pass in my life. I put a demand on it. I put a, I put, I mean, I, I, am, I am saying, Jesus, you said this, and if you said it, it's going to happen. So this, so this here in John 14 is not prayer. Notice he didn't say anywhere in here about anything about the Father other than he said, if you ask me, I'll do it so that the Father will get glory. And you might say, well, how, what does that look like? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's look at Acts chapter 3. Keep your place here in John because we're going to come back to John 16 in just a second. Acts chapter 3. Come on, there's a lot more in the name of Jesus than we're taking advantage of. And I'm hoping that that by the time we finish that that we're going to start realizing how much power we have and that things are going to start changing in the lives 
of his people. Here in Acts chapter 3, now this is a very familiar story to you all. This is Peter and John. And let's, we'll just read it real quickly. Acts chapter 3, verse number 1. Now remember, now here in Acts, Jesus has, Jesus has already died. He's risen again. He's appeared, he's appeared to his disciples. He's empowered them. He's given them the Great Commission. He's empowered them to, uh, you know, to use his name. He's empowered them to go and do the miracles. And, and, you know, and he's ascended up into heaven. And, and now his disciples are starting to walk this thing out. His disciples are starting to, to, to know and understand a little bit of what Jesus was talking about while they was on the earth. And this is all still fairly, I mean, within probably six months of when Jesus was risen from the, from the dead. And uh, six months to a year probably in the, that time frame. So here in Acts chapter 3 it says this, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, to be about three o'clock in the afternoon. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they had laid daily at the gate at the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. So here this lame man was, had never walked from his mother's womb, had never been able to walk. Every day they brought him and laid him in front of the temple so that he could ask for people to give him money to live on, to make it. It says, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. So if you could imagine, he had a, he had a cup or a, a something, and, and he probably had a couple coins in it, and he would rattle it. You know, you, we've all seen movies of them doing that. You know, they would rattle it so it would kind of get people's attention. Please, sir, please, could you help me out? I, you know, please, I, I need some you know, money to buy food or, or whatever he might be saying. He saw Peter and John getting ready to walk by. Now listen. Peter and John probably walked by there every day. This was their normal, it says this was their normal routine. So they had passed by this guy many times. But just on this one occasion, this guy, caught, he, he saw Peter and John. They saw him. He's, he's asking for alms, sticks up his cup. Hey, please, please, will you help me? Will you help me? You know, so, so something different today is about to happen. In verse number 4, it says... And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said this. So whatever it was, something happened, and Peter, Peter was quickened by the Spirit. This guy was asking alms. Peter looked at him, and, and he said, Hey, look at us. So he says, Look on us. And Peter said this in verse 6. Then Peter said, or well, verse 5 says this, So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Now, that's important, right? We know expectation plays a big part in receiving from God. So he, he, was, he, was, ringing, or he was shaking his cup. He hears, he hears Peter, Peter and John stop, and they say, hey, look on us. Expecting them to put something in his cup, he's like, yeah, what you got? What you going to give me today? You know, so now he's expecting. He's looking, and he, he's expecting to receive something from Peter and John. Verse 6 says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. Now let me ask you, did he pray that or did he say that? He said it. He didn't say, hold on just a second, let's pray. You know, oh Jesus, please, oh God, please heal this guy. No, no. 
this guy was wringing his cup or shaking his cup. Peter just stopped and looked at him. He said, look at us. And then he said, I don't, I don't have a lot of silver and gold. I don't have change on me, whatever. He says, but what I do have, I'm going to give you. In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. So he spoke. He put a demand on the name of Jesus. He says, in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. Verse 7, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. So here this guy was that was totally lame, never walked in his life before. Peter said, Peter said in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. He grabbed his, his, his hand, picked him up, and as he picked him up, I could just imagine, you could probably hear bones start popping. You could see probably those crooked legs all of a sudden go straight. I mean, you saw a change in him. Notice what happened. It says, it says, he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Hallelujah. What a miracle, right? So, man, here Peter was. Peter and John, and you think, yeah, but that was the apostles. That was, man, that was two of the great, you know, two of the great men that Jesus, you know, handpicked, and, and, and that was them. But, you know, we can't do that. Well, keep reading. Let's see what Peter said happened here. And it says, verse 9 says, All the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were all filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Verse 11. Now, now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, which is called Solomon's porch. They were greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, now listen to what happened. It says, when Peter saw it, he responded to the people. Men of Israel... Why do you marvel at this? Or why look on us so intently as though by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? So in other words, Peter just knocked the crutch out from anybody that said, yeah, but that was one of the apostles. Everybody came knowing that this was the guy that laid there at the temple, at the, at the gate, saying, you know, from his mother's womb, had never been able to walk, now Peter walked up, grabbed him by the arm, picked him up. He's walking, leaping, running around. He won't let go of Peter and John. Could you imagine how excited you would be if you had never walked? If you had never, if you had been having to have somebody carry you everywhere you went and all of a sudden somebody came and said, in the name of Jesus, rise and walk, and now you're walking, you're running, you're leaping. Man, he wouldn't let go of Peter and John. He's like, no, man, I, I mean, I love this. And everybody started looking at Peter and John like, Man, you guys are special. You guys did something great. You must be really important people. You must be, you know, man, we gotta, we got to really praise you for what you did. But then notice, Peter said this. He said, why are you so amazed at this? And why do you look at us like we had something to do about this? Peter said, I, he said, I, I can take no credit for this. Go on and read what he said. Verse 13. Peter said, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and, and uh, denied in the presence of Pilate 
when he was determined to let him go. Because Peter knew all these people that were in this in the, the, the temple area, they were the very ones that were crying out, crucify him, crucify him. And when Pilate brought out Barnabas, or brought out uh, Barabbas, you know, Peter's getting ready to mention that, they all said, let Barabbas go and crucify Jesus. So, Peter, so Peter's having this conversation and he says, he says, why do you look on us like we did something? He said, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he's the one that did it. And he said, you are the very ones who saw Jesus and you, you, you denied him in front, of Pete, in front of Pilate. Verse 14, he goes on and says, You denied the Holy One and the Just One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. So here he's preaching the resurrection. And then notice in verse 16. Now here, here is Peter's answer to how this happened. Verse number 16. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. Notice Peter didn't say it's because we were with him three and a half years. It's because he in part, he laid hands on us. We're the special ones. You've got to come to us for everything. Peter could have said that, and you know what? They would have believed him. But Peter knew that he didn't have anything other than knowledge about the name of Jesus. So Peter said, Peter said, it's the name of Jesus and faith in that name. In other words, I believe that the name of Jesus will raise the lame. And that's exactly what happened here today. The name of Jesus. He says, yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So the great news about that is this. If Peter used the name then guess what? We can use the name. We can, we can look at circumstances and things in our life, and we just like Peter put a demand on that name, we can look at things and say, in the name of Jesus, this is changing right now. Now, will it work if you just think, well, I'll try that? You know? Well, I'll just, I'll just, you know, I saw a pastor do that, or I saw, you know, I read that story where Peter did that. I'll give it a shot and see if it'll work for me. It'll turn out like the seven sons of Sceva. You remember that story? Where the seven sons of Sceva, where they saw Paul casting demons out, and it says, they said, we'll try that. And they went to this demon-possessed man, and they said, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. In other words, they didn't have faith in the name. They just saw Paul do something and they wanted to try it. And the Bible says that, 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 man full, that band full of demons jumped on them, jumped on seven brothers. And it says they ran out of the house naked and beaten. One, one demon-possessed man beat up seven brothers, stripped them naked and beat them, and they ran out of the house screaming. Why? Because they didn't have, they didn't have faith in the name. They were just saying, they were saying the words that Paul said. See, the words, now listen, the words in the name of Jesus will not do you any good if you don't have faith in the name. If you don't believe that the name of Jesus will change your situation, then you saying it won't change a thing. Peter said, it's, it's the name of Jesus and faith in the name is what changed the situation. Now check this out. In Acts chapter 4, 
verses 17 and 18, you remember they arrested Peter and John because of this. There was such an uprising and so many people came and to see this miracle and, and it was getting out of hand for the religious leaders. They arrested Peter and John. They're having this debate going back and forth. What can we do to these men? You know, everybody knows that this lame man is who he said he was and, and you know, he laid there by the gate every day. We all saw him and now he's running and leaping and jumping and, you know, we can't deny the miracle. So what are we going to do? Notice what they said in, verse seven, in Acts chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. Verse 17, it says this. That now, they're talking to Peter and John, or they're, they're d- discussing what, they, what they're going to do to Peter and John. And in verse, uh, verse 16, it says this. They said, what shall we do to these men? For indeed, there was a notable miracle has been done through them that it's, it's evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. Verse 17, now notice this. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. Notice they knew that it was the name of Jesus that carried the power. They didn't tell Peter and John, hey, you guys can't preach at all. They just said, you just can't use the name. Verse 18, or verse 17, or verse 18, they call them in. It says, so they called, so they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. You see, listen, it's still the same today. You go on Facebook and you start saying, Jesus, 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 they'll ban you. They will. Why? Listen, you could tell them all day long. You could, you could talk about God. You could talk about Talk about anything else you want to talk about and, and, you know, for the most part, they'll let you go. But you start saying Jesus and start putting Jesus all over your page. You know, I, I put it, now, now I, can, I don't know that I can prove this out, but, I'll, but I'll, I'll, I'll show you what I'm talking about. I put a picture, we got a new puppy. And uh, we got a little golden retriever puppy, cutest, cutest thing in the world. And I, we posted a, I posted a picture of that little puppy and, and there was like a hundred, I don't know, got 130 likes within, within a day. You know, 130 people like that. I put two pictures, I, put two, I posted two different pictures with the name Jesus on it. And you know what? One of them got two likes. And another one got like three. Now, I don't know that I can prove it out, but I almost bet you that many, many people didn't even see that post that had Jesus' name on it. You know, they have such a thing as like what they call shadow banning or whatever where you put certain words or certain things and they hide those posts from the majority of people. And I almost run that experiment yourself and just see see how many, how many... Now, it could just be that people like a puppy better than Jesus. I don't know. I mean, most of my friends are Christians, so I would hope that wouldn't be the case. But, you know, that could be. I mean, maybe I'm totally off base. I don't know. But I would just be curious. Run that, run that, run that example for yourself, and just see. And and just and the point I'm making is this: Listen, people are nervous about the name Jesus. The enemy don't want you to understand the power in the name of Jesus. Listen, the enemy's okay with you just tagging, you know, at the end of your prayers, just saying in Jesus' name, Amen, and thinking it's a cute little tagline, and not putting any faith in that name. 
Amen. But see, once you start realizing that Jesus said, ask anything, ask anything of me, and I'll do it. Ask anything in my name, and I will do it. There's power. When you say, in the name of Jesus, there is power comes out of you. If you believe, if you have faith in the name. And I want to encourage you from now on, every time you say that, every time you say, in the name of Jesus, you mix faith with it. Hebrews chapter 4 talks about the children of Israel in verse 1 and 2. It talks about how that they didn't enter into rest. You know, it says that, that they, they left a promise behind because, because they didn't enter into rest. And verse 2, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2 says this. It says, we heard the same message that they preached. The same message that was preached to us was preached to them. It says, but it did, it did not profit them because faith was not mixed with it. So see, you can say the name of Jesus all day with no faith in the name and it not change anything. Because you know, we know, I mean, how many people are, are, have that, that spelling, J-E-S-U-S, you know, a lot of, in, I guess, the, in that world, they, a lot of people call it Jesus or something like that, you know. I mean, a lot of people have that name and use that name, but it's not the same name as Jesus. It's not the same name that was given to our Savior. And when we put faith in that name, in that person, in who, who he is, there's power in that name. Now that was, that was a case of them speaking the name of Jesus. Now turn to John 16 real quick, and I want to I finish up here pretty quick. John 16, I just want you to see the difference here and what, and what Jesus said just, just two chapters later. It was probably, it probably could have been the same day or the, or the next day maybe that he said this. John chapter 16, and we'll just look at verse 23 and 24. John 16, verse 23 and 24, Jesus is still talking to his disciples, and, and he says this in verse 23, John 16, 23. He says, and in that day you will ask me nothing. Now, as we read this, think about this. Up to this point, three and a half years, they had, they had been daily communicating with Jesus. If they needed anything physically, if they needed anything you know, while they were out ministering, who did they go to? They went to Jesus. Jesus, hey, we need this. Jesus, we ran into this situation. What's going on, you know? But Jesus said, notice what Jesus said here. He says, he says in that day, you will ask me nothing. Now, John 14, he just said, anything you ask in my name, I'll give it to you. But here he says, in that day. Now, what day was he talking about? He wasn't talking about, you know, Tuesday or Thursday or whatever day it was. He wasn't talking about a specific day. He was talking about a time. In other words, what we could say it this way, and knowing that we have the whole Scripture, we could say it this way. We could say, after my resurrection, you'll ask me nothing. Because he's, he's talking about prayer, and we'll see that here in just a second. Let's read all this, and then I'll, I'll, prove, I'll show you what we're talking about. He says, in that day you will ask me nothing, most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give you. So here he said this. He said, when you pray to my Father, when you talk to my Father, he said, if you will use my name, he said, ask the Father and ask it in my name, 
then the Father will give it to you. So see, in John 14, he said, he said, ask me anything. Ask in my name in anything, and I will give it to you. Now, he said, when you pray to the Father, you pray to God, you pray to Father God in Jesus' name, and the Father will give it to you. So in prayer, we pray to the Father. We don't pray to Jesus. We pray to the Father. You see that? He goes on to say this. Let's, he asks a little bit more. He says, until now, you have asked nothing in my name. In other words, the disciples didn't come up to Jesus and say, in Jesus' name, will you do this for me? They just come up to him and said, hey, Jesus, I, we need this. So Jesus said, up, up until this point, you've asked nothing in my name. Because to be honest with you, at this moment, before he was crucified, the name of Jesus, although, although he was powerful and, and he was doing all these things, that name hadn't been exalted yet. The Bible says that the Father gave him that name after he had went back up into heaven and offered his blood. Remember, we read it in Philippians 2, remember? It says after he did all that, that the Father exalted him and gave him the name above every name. So here he says, up to this point, you've asked nothing in my name. And then he says, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Now don't, let it, don't, let that, don't think that's a contradiction because it's not. It's not a contradiction. It's, I mean, what he's saying is this. You can speak things. You have power. You have the ability to say some things in the name of Jesus and he will do it. We also have the ability to pray to the Father and ask in Jesus' name, and the Father will do it. Both of them, now listen, both of them use the name of Jesus. So in our speaking and in our praying, we can use the name of Jesus. Are y'all following me? And see, and so, so we can, as we speak and demand some things, speak out the promises, things that God has already done, we can say, in Jesus' name, this is finished. This is done. When we pray to the Father about things, and we're going we're gonna to look at the difference in that as we break this down in, in this series on prayer, but as we pray, we pray to our Father in the name of Jesus, and the Father will do it. Jesus is on our side. The Father's on our side, and whatever we ask in the name of Jesus, both of them are willing to, to give us whatever we ask. That's awesome. Way too many times, listen, as we finish up here, way too many times we use the name of Jesus like a good luck charm. We just tag it on the end of the prayer just so, just so we'll sound spiritual or because we've always done that or whatever, and we'll pray whatever we want to pray, and then we'll say, in Jesus' name, amen. And we just close it out. But how about we stop, we stop doing that just as a tagline to end our prayer, but what we really start doing is this. Now, Jesus, you said if I ask anything in your name, the Father will give it to me. So right now, this prayer that I just prayed, I have faith in what you said, and I have faith that when I use your name, the Father will give this to me. So in the name of Jesus, right now, by faith, I am believing that my prayer is finished. My prayer is done. In Jesus' name, amen. And actually have faith that what you just... You know, because how many times... Now listen, I've probably been guilty of this and we all probably have. 
How many times have you finished a prayer wondering if God is going to answer it or not? Wondering, really, is God, did God even hear my prayer? You know, it, it, I, I, want, I really wonder if I'll see that answer or not. I mean, we've all done that. We've all come out of our prayer closet really in our mind just thinking, you know, boy, I sure hope he does that. And boy, if he don't do it, I'm in trouble. Now, is that really a prayer of faith if we come out of prayer like that? Whereas now, if we, if we put a focus and we start thinking and we, and we start realizing that when we say, in Jesus' name, that, like, that almost puts, a, puts a, a stamp that just says, approved, on it. If you really have faith that there's power in the name of Jesus, when you pray and say, in Jesus' name, I receive that. Amen. You remember what Philippians said. The name is the name above every name in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. And he's given you and he's given me the authority to use his name. So when we speak the name of Jesus to cancer, cancer has to bow. It doesn't have a choice. It doesn't have a choice. Listen, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Things in heaven, things on the earth, things under the earth. So when we speak out, when we speak to sickness, sickness has to bow. Now see, I, I, can, tell, I can tell I hit a wall. Well, Pastor, it just don't work that way. Well, see, you put more faith in cancer than you do in Jesus. When you get to the point where you, you have more faith in Jesus and what he did for you, when you speak his name, cancer will bow. Sickness will bow. Circumstances will change. Peter said, Peter said it's the name and faith in the name that caused this man to change that brought this healing. So see, when you speak the name of Jesus or even when you pray in the name of Jesus, if you believe that there's power in the name of Jesus, circumstances will change. Well, Pastor, how do you know it's God's will? Because listen, when you are praying in the name of Jesus, you're praying with the Spirit, you're praying in the Spirit, then you know what? He'll show you if you're out of, out of His will or not. One way, I mean, listen, one easy way to know that if it's God's will is find it in here. If it's in here, it's God's will. Now, let me, let me show you a couple, just a couple scriptures. Look at Colossians 3. Colossians chapter 3. And I, want to, I just want to show you maybe one or two, and we're going to finish up here. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Come on, the name of Jesus belongs to us. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 3. And let's look at verse... Um, <clears throat> look at verse 15. I mean, there's so much. I could read the whole chapter there. Verse 15 says this. Colossians three fifteen, It says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you also were called in one body, and be thankful. I love the Amplified. It says, Let the peace of God... 
Let the peace that comes from God rule as an umpire in your life. One way you can tell whether it's God's will or not is do you have peace about it? Now listen, let me just say this. People sat in my office, I've, I've heard people sit in my office and tell me, I know, Pastor, I know what the Word says, but I have peace that I'm doing the right thing. I can tell you this. I can, look right, I can look you square in the eye and tell you you're lying. Because if you're doing something against what the Word says, you don't have peace. You don't have the peace of God. I'll put it that way. You may have peace because you're satisfying your flesh, but you don't have the peace of God. Because if you go against what God's Word says, you will not have the peace of God. And here he said, let the peace of God rule as an umpire in your life. When, when, when you start to do something that goes against God's word, there'll be something rise up on the inside to be, be saying, ah, you sh- we shouldn't be doing this. Amen. I'll, I'll just leave that there. Verse 11, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. So how, 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 else, do you, how else can I tell how else can I tell if, if, I'm, if I'm praying God's will? Because I'll be praying the Word. Come on. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. That doesn't mean you can just quote John 3.16 and that's the only verse you know. You know, now listen, I'm a huge sports fan. I'm a huge Tar Heel fan. I can quote you all kinds of stats and numbers about Tar Heels and about past teams and I mean, I, you know, I love looking at numbers, and I, I mean, I, I'm, you know, I, I enjoy that. But you know what? If, 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 I'm more, if I'm better at quoting you Tar Heel numbers than I am quoting you the Word, something's wrong. If you have anything in your life that you're better at quoting and remembering than you do the Word of God, then you've got something out of balance. Amen. I'll leave that there, too. Amen. So let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Man, we can say a lot about that, but, but I want to get to verse 17 here. Verse 17 says this. Now listen to this. And whatever you do in word or in deed. So now listen. Verse, verse six, 15 Talked about the peace of God, verse 16. Talked about letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Then verse 17, he takes it to the, to, the, to the furthest point that he could do. He said, whatever you do in word or deed. So in other words, if you're, if you're, ta- if you're standing up here talking in front of the church, or you're sta- sitting in your home talking to your family, or you're sitting at work talking to your coworkers, or you're in the mall talking to friends, you're in, you're in a restaurant, Talking to some, you know, talking to a friend that you met for lunch. What, whatever you do in word or deed. Now listen to this. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Wow. Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to the God, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Now, why would He say that? Why would He say in everything, in everything, do it all through the name of Jesus? Because Paul understood the power that's in the name. 
Paul understood that if you had faith in the name and everything you did was through the name of Jesus, then what would it do? It would give glory to God and you would be able to give thanks to the God or to God the Father through Jesus. Man, that is awesome. So whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Why? Because there's power in the name. There's power in the name. Amen. Well, I think I'll finish right there and I'll save the rest of it for later. Listen, I want you to, I want you, I mean, I want you on purpose, okay? Every time you, every time his name crosses your lips from now on, every time you say Jesus, every time you say in the name of Jesus, every time you declare his name, I want you to stop for just a second and remember how much power is in that name. That at the name of Jesus, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, every knee will bow. That at the name of Jesus, every tongue will confess that He is Lord. It, it, it will either be in this life or it will be in the afterlife. And trust me, you don't want to be on the wrong side of the name of Jesus in the afterlife. I, I mean, you know, heaven and hell are real places and Jesus is coming soon and you don't want to miss the ship. Amen. I mean, you, you want to make sure that you're giving Him glory and declaring Him Lord and Savior right now. Amen. But every time you say His name, I want you to stop for just a moment and think there's power in His name. And if I have faith in that name, then what I'm about to say, it will happen. Because I've got the peace of God. I've got the, I've got the Word of Christ is dwelling richly within me. And everything I do, I do in that name. So in the name of Jesus, my prayer right now. And Father, in the name of Jesus, this is my prayer. Or if you're speaking to something, in the name of Jesus, this situation lines up right now in, in the name of Jesus. And understand that if you have faith in that name, and you believe what Jesus did for you on the cross and that He paid the price and that, that, that He has given you and I authority to use His name, then that circumstance, that situation, that sickness, that whatever it is you're praying or saying, it has to change because of the name of Jesus. That is, that is powerful. That's worth your price of admission today. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> the name of Jesus belongs to us. It belongs to me. So my, my, my challenge to you today, my, my plea with you today is this. Have faith in that name. Believe in that name. If you'll believe in the name of Jesus, it'll be just like Peter, just like Peter there on that, that man at the gate beautiful. He said, he said, the name of Jesus and faith in that name caused this man to be healed today. And you can see the broken things in your life changed and healed if you'll speak that name in faith. Not, don't let it be just a tagline. Speak the name of Jesus in faith. Speak the name of Jesus believing and knowing that what you say, that He has given you power and authority to speak those things. Amen.
Amen. And you might say, well, Pastor, you know, how do I know I have authority to use that name? Well, as soon as, and we'll, we'll look at this in probably next week. I probably should have even started with that, but we'll look at this in two weeks. Why, how do we know we have authority? Because he said that if you believe in him, he's given you authority to use his name. The moment you put your faith in Jesus, you are empowered. You become like a power of attorney over, over everything he has. And he says, you, at, at the Great Commission, when, when Jesus stood before them, before he ascended into heaven, you read in Matthew and in Mark, you know, before he ascended into heaven, he says, he says all authority and power is being given unto me. When he, he went to hell and defeated Satan and, and rose with the keys to death, hell, and the grave, he come back and stood it in front of his disciples and says, All power in heaven and earth has been granted unto me. Go, therefore. Go, therefore. And in and, and Mark it says, In my name you'll cast out devils. You'll heal the sick. You'll speak with new tongues. See, the power and the authority and the commissioning is all in the name of Jesus. When you believe on Him, you get you the, the power of attorney gets transferred to you. And now you have the right to use His name. And at the, <laughs> at the name of Jesus, everything in heaven, on earth, and under the earth must bow. Come on. I tell you, I, I, since I've seen this the last couple of weeks, when I pray and when I say the name of Jesus... Man, it just puts a chill down my, down my arms and down my back because I realize how much power is in the name. You think two weeks ago we looked at, we looked at uh, on Easter Sunday, we looked at, I asked the question, how much power, or how many men does it take to arrest one man? You know, we saw that story of where Jesus, where Jesus, uh, 600 men or more, fully decked out in the army, came and and an army attire came and Jesus just asked the simple question, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus says, I am. And boom, on their back they went. Now listen, that same power, that same power is living on the inside of you right now. He's empowered you. Jesus has empowered you to use his name. When somebody asks you, who do you think you are? What authority do you have? Jesus' name. He's empowered me. He's, he's given me the ability to use His name. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray today that as, as we heard these words and read these scriptures, Lord, I pray that, that we get a revelation of your power, that the authority that we have in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I do pray. Father, I pray that each one of us, as we, as we pray to you, Father, and we use that phrase, in the name of Jesus, that it would not be just an ending to a prayer, but that we would realize that in John 16... Jesus himself said, anything you ask the Father in my name, you will give it, he will give it to you. So, Father, as we pray and ask for that revelation, I pray that every time that any of us will say that, say that name, we say Jesus or in the name of Jesus, 
I thank you for further revelation about the power that, that Lord, even, Father, that even, even that we will sense the power of Jesus in our lives, even as we say that in our prayers and as we declare that in our lives with our words. Now, Father, if there's one here that does not know you as their Savior, then I pray today would be that day. If there's one here with a sickness in their body, with, with something going on in their body, I pray that today would be that day that they realize that in Jesus' name, that thing must bow. If there's one here with an addiction, if there's one here with, with something that just has been uh, tripping them up and they just can't get over it, that today would be the day, Father, that they realize in Jesus' name that that can stop right here. <laughs> oh, thank you for that, Father. Thank you for that. Let's stand to our feet just real quick. And if you're here today and you need prayer, I want to give you that opportunity to, to come. And Stacy and I would love to pray with you. If you need prayer for anything, we would love to be able to pray. If you need salvation, if you need healing, if you need deliverance, if you need just some encouragement, whatever it is you need, Stacy and I would love to be able to pray with you. Anybody, I'll give you just a second. If you have, if anybody here's got a need, we don't want to, we don't ever want to rush this time because this is probably the most important time of the service. But, but now listen, the great news is this. Here's the great news. You don't need a man, you don't need a person to lay hands on you to receive this. If you are a Christian, if you are a man or woman of God, if you've got a relationship with Jesus, you have that same power and that same ability living on the inside of you. Now, the, now but to see, I can't give you faith. I can't lay hands on you and impart faith. Faith is up to you. You're, what you believe is up to you. So this morning, right now, if you, if, you, if you believe in the name of Jesus, things can change in your life. I, my, I, I pray, guys, listen, my prayer really and truly is this week that every time you say the name of Jesus, you think about this. You think of the power that you're saying. That same power that not 600 army a battalion of army or a regiment of army people on their back, I pray that that same power will knock some things in your life on this backside. Amen. And I believe that it will. Faith in the name of Jesus. Faith in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Thank you for coming. Remember, the women meet tonight, the men tomorrow night, uh, service on Wednesday night as well. So God bless you guys. We love you all. Have a great afternoon. We'll see everybody soon.